It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. See it, hear it, think it. Talk radio and talk TV. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. It is another felicitous Friday, as I said on Twitter, uh, as we launch the show. We don't know uh, what the day will hold. We don't know what the next three hours will hold. Yesterday I said Liz Truss might not be here by the end of the day. It turned out to be absolutely and utterly correct. Liz Truss resigned yesterday uh, around about uh, 1.34, I believe it was. Uh, I was on my way over to Ealing to film Plank of the Week. Very felicitous for me, uh, because uh, we were able to put her very firmly into that mix. Richard Tice is here with me this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about all the different things that could happen. The front pages this morning, absolutely dominated by one man. And that man is, of course, Boris Johnson, because who knows what could happen next. The Sun says, Bojo, I'll be back. He's in the Caribbean, uh, as you just heard from Jeremy Kyle. He's got a, a plane at the ready to come back. He's telling people on the front page of the Telegraph that only he can save the Tory party from absolute electoral wipeout. We're also told at the moment the Tories have hit their lowest ebb ever in terms of support. There are so many different machinations going on at the moment inside of Downing Street, inside uh, of the Palace of Westminster, and of course on the telephone lines across the Atlantic uh, between the Caribbean island that Boris Johnson is on. He's deciding whether he wants to run against Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak's deciding whether he wants to get into business with Boris Johnson again. Penny Morden has said that she doesn't want to work with Rishi Sunak. She'd rather be uh, the main game in town. There's elections uh, for those uh, various three positions, whether it's Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, who says he's not going to involve himself in running for Prime Minister, whether it is Boris Johnson, whether it is Rishi Sunak. Uh, you are telling me, as members of the political party that calls itself the Conservative Party, even though it's not very Conservative, that you didn't vote for Rishi Sunak, so you don't want him. You didn't vote for Liz Truss, that's why she didn't last. You did vote for Boris Johnson, that's why he must come back. But can it really happen? 0344 499 1000. There's a deadline of Tuesday, Monday's brother, 2 o'clock. Uh, by then, Boris Johnson could actually be the Prime Minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Extraordinary, isn't it? 0344 499 1000. We're going to be talking to everybody that we can over the course of the next three hours. MPs, pundits, political uh, analysts, all sorts of people who have got an interest, and even some who haven't. And we want to talk to all of you as well. 0344 499 1000. Jacob Rees-Mogg has already backed Boris. Uh, he's the first cabinet minister to come out and do so. It's a fascinating situation. But in the in meantime, who's actually looking after the shop? This is the Independent Republican Mike Graham. Let's get it on.
And I'm delighted to say no better man could be here to analyse what's going on. Uh, as every Friday, I think, Richard, that you've been here for about the last 10 Fridays, there's been some tumultuous event going on, isn't there? Every week has been just absolutely huge and tumultuous, yeah. as you say, Mike. And this is the biggest so far until next week, probably. Yeah. Well, because yeah, because next week we'll, we'll definitely have a new Prime Minister, won't we? We will have a new Prime Minister around about this time at the latest. Yes. As you say, possibly next Monday. Possibly you get down to two and then they do some form of deal. Anything's on the table. Mm. But the thing that is absolutely certain to me is that the Conservative Party is basically riven into a number of deep, deep factions. Yes. There could and be as many as four or five. There could be as many as four. But, but let's say that it's it's sort of two or three. Mm. It's the it's the Boris Johnson faction. It's what I call sort of the, 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 the globalist Remainer Con-socialist, the faction, Jeremy Hunt crowd, the Jeremy Hunt crowd, and then it's the it's the sort of the the entrepreneurial, uh, lower taxes, mm. lower regulation crowd around the Jacob Rees-Mogg's, yeah. the Liz Trusses of this world, who and in a sense they're now on the back foot. Mm. Essentially, they're parked into the corner. Um, I think, in a sense, uh, tragically, because actually that's the only way forward for the mm. country. And you're back to a situation where whoever wins, what we all we know is we're going to be faced with. Uh, high taxes, mm-hmm. high government spending, high government waste, high low growth, rates. low growth, and uh, and and high inflation. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the give it, got all the noise, but that's the reality yeah. as to what the country faces. And the likes of Sunak and Hunt uh, as chancellors or prime ministers, if it was Sunak, that's sort of what they buy into. Basically, consigning the country to more austerity mm. unnecessarily. It's quite extraordinary if you think if Boris wins, Mike. Who's going to be his chancellor? Mm. Would Jeremy Hunt, who he vanquished back in 2019, would Hunt really serve under Boris? No, I don't think he would. I don't think or, Boris would want him. Well, th- both of those things may be true, but they may be forced to by the market saying, mm. you've got to. You've yeah. got to find a way of working together. Mm. Uh, who knows about that? Would Sunak work as the chancellor under Boris Johnson as prime minister again? Despite the fact that Sunak, back in whenever it was July, I think it was July, uh, you know, basically resigned and from bas- a and, Johnson and began government. the process and of began the, the process. Of Boris Johnson. Yeah. So you can see the challenges there. If it's neither of, the, of mm. those two, who then is Boris's prime min- uh, chancellor? Yeah. Who will retain the confidence of the markets? So there is there's just multiple dynamics mm. to this. But from what I'm hearing and seeing, I think that Boris Johnson will get to the hundred. Uh, there are suggestions people. Uh, on other channels are saying that that's the direction of travel. He might have even reached it already, he, he, we're he, not sure. Who knows? Yeah. So I think he does get to the 100. It, it's obvious that Sunak would get to the 100. Penny Morden, question mark. I don't know if it is obvious that Sunak gets to the 100. Oh, I, mean, I, think, I, think, I know he's popular in, in the Westminster yes, group. I think in, in the MPs, I think that's absolutely obvious. There's one other person that, almost like the sort of the uh, the surprise package that could come forward mm. as a unity candidate that shouldn't be ignored if he decides to do it, and that's the Defence Secretary, yeah, ben, ben Wallace. Wallace yeah. And I suspect he won't decide to put his hat into the ring, but if he did, you could find that he becomes a, a sort of unifying candidate mm. that brings everybody together to try and save all of their skins. Yeah. And for me... It's a question of this is a this is a party that is is fundamentally split down the middle, and it's it's just the pace at which it gradually 
eats itself. Yes, but the and, pace and can can, can increase rapidly, can't it? As as it has done uh, with Liz Truss. I mean, this time yesterday, Liz Truss was still the prime minister. You know, I have to keep telling myself these things because when I came uh, to do prime minister's questions on Wednesday. I said to myself, you know, this time last week, Kwasi Kwarteng was still the Chancellor. I mean, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to keep up. To keep That's up. the bottom line. It really is. And here we are, faced with a situation. I think that we should, we, we've got loads of people who want to talk to us. We'll, we'll get to all of you through the show. But I think there are several kind of um, scenarios that we should discuss. The first one being Boris is the only one that reaches over 100, uh, becomes Prime Minister at 2 o'clock on Monday. Let's face it, that's probably not likely to be the most um, likely case. So say Sunak joins him. Um, so they all three get over the line, which would be the case. And then the Westminster Party, uh, which may be less likely to want Boris Johnson, gets rid of Boris somehow. That, that, that's that, quite possible. That's then a problem, for I think, for the Tory party, because they're then left with two people. Um, Penny Mordaunt, who's thought to be too woke by the right wingers in the party. And she is. And she is. And, and, also, she's, and she's economically utterly incompetent yes. has no idea at all just go back to when there was a clip in the in the early leadership days someone asked her a question about economics and you could see her freeze because she didn't know what she was talking about mm. just bear that in mind given everything right. that's happened okay so say it's down to the two of them rishi sunak i've been told by many people this morning who are conservative voters might not be conservative members um we did not vote for rishi sunak we do not want rishi sunak to be the prime minister uh, we also did not vote for liz trust that's why we didn't want her either how about this from Mark in Lancashire? Uh, in reply to Richard's question, if Boris becomes Prime Minister, why not Jacob Rees-Mogg? He should be the Chancellor. And Mark, that's, that's a, not, that's a great not far point. away. That's a great point. Could well turn out that way. Whether or not, the, it's just, then they've got to make sure they balance it with the markets. But really good point. For yeah, Mark. here's another suggestion. How about John Redwood for Chancellor? I think he's probably had his time, but John's a very capable minister. But here's the point. Mm. Why didn't Liz Truss picks a John Redwood, mm. a known tax cutter, experienced in the city, yeah. as her Chancellor. Why did she choose Jeremy Hunt? I, I think don't think she did choose him. She didn't. She was told yeah. by somebody, yeah. some institution, uh, to pick Jeremy Hunt. And I'm very is, suspicious about that. And this that. is one of your themes, isn't it? Because you know an awful lot of these people. You know the way these people operate. Uh, this kind of murky world of globalists uh, that we talk about in in theory only, really, because we don't really know some, exactly who they are. Something extraordinary happened, whether it was the big fund managers whether it was pressure from uh, from the US, from mm. Washington, from the IMF, who knows? But something happened. There's no way Liz Truss would naturally have chosen Jeremy Hunt mm. as her chancellor. So, yes, if Boris wins, he could choose someone like Sir, uh, Sir John Redwood. Mm. Uh, it should definitely be up there. All of these, there's are just multiple, multiple mm. possibilities. But going back to your point, if Boris is rejected by the Tory MPs, I think the Tory membership would be would be fuming. They would. Uh, Absolutely. But I think actually the country could well be quite relieved. The country could be, but at that point, perhaps there'll be pressure put on the Tory party in Westminster to actually then have an election. Because so, the, so that's my membership will say these are not the people we voted for. If if Boris Johnson wins, then he can quite legitimately say, of course, there's not going to be a general election. Right. I'm the prime minister. I, I was mandate. elected with a mandate. Yeah. So, so that is he's, he's going to solid, follow that line absolutely robustly. Anybody else wins. And the calls for a general election from loads of people, including myself, uh, grow in a huge crescendo from the media yeah. to the general public because whoever it is hasn't got a mandate, it's following a completely different set of policies to what was, uh, what was chosen. And the Tory party have dramatically damaged and humiliated this great country of ours in the eyes of the world. Mm. And there should be a general election. Yeah, absolutely right. Let's take a trip back to yesterday uh, and just sort of catch up with what happened and what people said after that remarkable uh, speech by Liz Truss. 
I recognise, though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. What a mess. And this is not just a soap opera at the top of the Tory party. It's doing huge damage to our economy and to the reputation of our country. Right, but look, she was a good partner on Russia and Ukraine, and, uh, and the British are going to solve their problems. And the, but she was a good partner. Morning, Rishi. Will you be calling uh, yourself forward for Prime Minister? It's not this way, please, Mr. Speaker. Thank you. Thank you, sir. There will be a hustings on, on Monday uh, once the nomination is proposed. If there is only one candidate, there will be no confirmatory vote of Conservative Party members. So, we are where we are. Now, before we go on, I don't wish to make a big point of this, but uh, I did say this might happen, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Is this one of the moments where actually you, you, you are right? You were right? Well, not just one of the moments. One of the many moments. One of the many moments. Yeah. But there are many moments when uh, you think you're right and you're wrong. Well, but uh, let's uh, face it. It's not about us, Richard. It's you know, not a, I just wanted to make that small point. It's about um, you. Uh, it's a, yeah, it is about me. Absolutely right. Let's look at what would happen if the general election somehow could be forced. Under what circumstances could there be a, a general election sort of made to happen? So I think the way that, uh, the way that plays out is... If it's anybody uh, other than Boris Johnson, and a couple of weeks later, a crescendo of demand has grown from from the, the public at mm. large, people writing in fury to their Conservative MPs saying, we want a general election. And if if Starmer thinks that he, he could win a vote of no confidence in the House of Commons by persuading enough Tory MPs either to vote uh, with Labour in a vote of no confidence or to abstain then mechanically that's how I see it mm. happening. I don't think any uh, mm. Conservative Prime Minister would voluntarily do no. it. No. Mechanically that's the only way I can see it happening. And, uh, but I think that, that noise will grow. I think it would become almost ungovernable. Every media mm. interview of any, every cabinet member, every minister, every single Tory MP will say, you've got no mandate, yeah. you can't talk about anything. Right. Uh, so, so I think that could become... Uh, almost sort of intolerable yes. for them and they just say that's what enough's I think. enough. That's what I think. Well, let's come back to that in a moment. Richard Tice is here, leader of reform. We've got to talk about reform as well because there's also uh, some conversations going on about whether the two-party system is dead and buried and whether we need to reform that uh, with Richard Tice coming next right here on Talk TV. Nationwide, by your side, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. We're not expecting there to be any big announcements today. Richard Tice is here with me. Uh, yesterday we sort of were. Um, it seems to have calmed down a bit in terms of the politics of it, Richard, where people are now picking their side and deciding which way they're going to go. Uh, we'll count the numbers as, as we hear them coming in. Um, but at the moment we've got the latest odds um, where we have Boris now at 23 to 10 as the favourite. Uh, it looks like with Betfair. Penny Maud at six to one. Rishi Sunak thirteen to fifteen. I'm not sure if that's thirteen to fifteen or thirteen to fifteen on. I don't know. Ben Wallace forty-five to one. Uh, so he's still quite outside. That, uh, like that, that, that is the that's the value bet. That's, that's the value the, bet, isn't that, it? If you were, if you were, if you were talking football, that's where you would be going, wouldn't you? Um, so Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak both sort of favourites. Um, both quite close together at the moment. Tories sink to lowest support in polling history. Tell us what the markets are doing today. So the uh, the, the the financial markets are not thrilled about this instability. 
the, uh, the the bond markets, what, which is what uh, government uh, government bonds are uh, priced off, yeah. uh, they have fallen a bit. So investors taking a little bit of fright. Whether that's just sort of the overall chaos, or whether that's the fear of Boris Johnson coming mm. back, uh, and therefore just more instability, hard to tell. Sterling against the U.S. dollar has also fallen a bit now, around one eleven, mm. uh, and so that has that slipped off uh, in the last. It's not cataclysmic. Hours. Though, it's not it? cataclysmic in any shape or form, I guess. But the thing is, the the markets really will want to know who's going to be the next chancellor, and and what's going to be yeah. the plan. Uh, I, think I mean, if there it. could be a Sunak um, Boris deal in which sort of Blair Brown esque scenario, right? You'd have Boris Johnson placating the parts of the party who want to win the next election, and you'd have Sunak placating the markets, presumably. Correct, and I think most people would say, well, it's sort of back to the the status quo of mm. the high tax, high spend, low growth, con socialism yeah. that we had up until the summer, right? Which everybody got sick of, and that was why they got rid of him. Well, it says there's no difference between. Yeah, they got sick of uh, his behaviour and his inability yeah. to to tell the truth. Mm. But in reality, more and more people recognise there's not a there's not a wafer of difference between the policies of the Tory Party under Boris Johnson, uh, high tax, high spend, or under the Labour Party under Keir mm. Starmer. That's that's the reality. Yeah. You've just got a sort of a stasis, and uh, I think that's for many people of a right of centre view, mm. that's what's so disappointing. And exactly. that's not what they voted for. No. Now, I guess the other question is, does Boris come back and say, I've learnt my lesson. Mm. I'm a transformed man. Yeah. And I'm going to go back to some of the things that the core conservative values. Who knows? He might do. He's he's capable of doing absolutely Well, he is a bit of a chameleon, isn't he? I mean, he, he can be anything you want him to be. You know, he probably got two versions of a statement already written. Uh, he's not quite sure. sure which one he's going to read. And he'll turn one way and say one thing mm. to uh, a group of people that he thinks is what they want to hear. And he'll turn to his left and say something completely different mm. to another group of people five minutes later. But it tells us, doesn't it, that characters are important in politics because like Donald Trump, you know, the people who do like him uh, have an absolute sort of uh, almost cult-like following and refuse the, to, to let him get out of their sight. And those who hate him, hate him with a passion. And there'll be a massive challenge for Tory MPs who dislike him with mm. a passion, who are very happy to get rid of him if actually he does win again. And, and no doubt on Monday there'll be massive, massive machinations amongst mm. the Boris uh, haters to prevent him Firstly, from getting on the ballot, and then if he does, uh, other machinations. So you know, it's all to play for. Mm. And but I just sense that uh, people are sick of all of this, yeah. and people are are deeply distressed. I think out there in 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 the real world, outside the bubble, I don't think there's much appetite for Boris Johnson to come back. Mm. I think a lot of people who trust him back in 2019 have reassessed yeah. based on everything. I mean, I think happened. you're right. I don't think he has that level of support. However, um, looking at the show that we've been seeing for literally the, the past few months since he went, um, and I say that word advisedly, um, there's not much to look at that, that's been good, right? Now, the only alternative to any of that, if it's not Boris Johnson, really, is a general election in Keir Starmer, isn't it? Well, it's a general election, and then uh, people can have their say. And, uh, for example, a reform we're literally now ready with we've got a, a, a whisker away from 500 candidates. We've mm. been inundated this week with with thousands of new members, uh, with people you know, wanting to stand as candidates. So we'll all be ready for a general election. I actually think that's that's the right way mm. forwards. But if Boris Johnson wins, then uh, the, the pressure for that will will, will 
will disappear because he will just say, well, I've got the mandate. Yes. And if there was to be a general election, would the problem not be for you guys, though, and the Tories, in a way, that you would split their vote and then Labour would get in in all the seats that they won up in the Red Wall? Look, we all know under the the first-past-the-post system, that's why you've got a duopoly of the two main Mm. parties. That's why we're so keen on proportional representation. And I think this whole fiasco has shown, actually, it would be much better to have a a broader range of options that people can generally vote for and not feel that their vote is wasted. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're uh, our, we've gone up in the polls, and uh, but equally, people are concerned under the first past the post that whole concept yeah. of a wasted vote. And, and if there's a general election and anybody other than the the Tories win it, then uh, then I think you get proportional representation within. A matter of uh, twelve to maybe eighteen. Because Labour are keen that. on it. Because it would keep Labour the are keen out. on it, and uh, the Lib Dems are keen. Basically, everybody's keen on it. Everybody except the Tories. Right. So there's there's so much to play for. Mm. It's it's utterly extraordinary. And meanwhile, um, you know, looking around at just the other stories that I'm seeing in the papers this morning, there's not much else going on, obviously. But one of the things that caught my eye was a piece in the Times, um, which I saw about energy pay- payouts for putting washing on after 9pm to ease the strain on the national grid. I mean, let's not forget that we've got strikes coming on the railways. We've got strike. We had a strike yesterday, I think, from the 999 workers and the communications workers. Households with smart meters could earn hundreds of pounds by using less electricity at peak times this winter. I mean, what what a disgrace. Yeah. As the fifth or sixth biggest country in the world, that we are now facing energy rationing, energy blackouts, subsidising people not to wash their clothes at certain times of the day. Yeah. What an absolute farce of a fiasco. It drives me nuts. And all of this is because of the madness of the net zero, the Westminster net Mm. zero obsession and the energy policies that they have all pursued, Mm. Tory, socialist, liberal... Uh, with with a great degree of utter gross negligence mm. over the last decade. Well, I heard Ian and that's Blackford, led us to where we are today. I heard Ian Blackford this morning talking to Jeremy Carl, talking about, you know, uh, and of course, let's not forget, we must get to our net zero targets by 2050. Well, sorry, there's a lot more going on than that. Well, if they carry on as they are, you'll be facing blackouts and rationing and high energy prices for years to come until people wake up to their senses. We've got so much cheap British energy treasure, coal, mm. Super shale and gas, just North voted, Sea gas. Actually, to frack, haven't they? Haven't they just done well, that? They have, but in reality, uh, the investors in 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 shale gas extraction uh, are not going to invest because they know that a Labour government will overturn it. So there's a huge issue there. What should happen is there should be an agreement to have a test site to answer the questions and the concerns that people have, so that there's a great deal more awareness of it. That would be a sensible compromise mm. solution to get to. And it, it may be that is possible. Beyond that, at the moment, uh, I, I don't think people will invest hundreds of millions of pounds. And uh, it, that's the way forward. That, but it's madness. Why are we sending all our money overseas to mm. buy energy from overseas, creating more CO2 when we've got loads of it under mm. our feet? It's utter, utter, utter insanity. Madness. Well, I'm looking forward to the Sunday sermon on Sunday. Who knows? I mean, two days is a long time in politics. Uh, I'll have to write it 10 minutes before. <laughs> Well, this is the thing. You know, I think I went for a five-minute nap in the back of a cab yesterday. When I woke up, Liz Truss had resigned. I was like, what? Unbelievable. Richard Tice, back on Sunday, 10 o'clock. Don't miss that, because there's going to be loads to listen to and watch over the weekend. It's a fascinating time uh, to be in this business. Uh, You, of course, have not been forgotten, though, because the politicians need to get on with the job. Do they not? This is Talk TV. 
Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham, right here on Talk TV. Uh, here's one from Brad in Cambridge. Mike, I'm a member of the Conservative Party, and if I don't get the opportunity to vote for Boris this time around, my membership will end. I'll head towards the Reform Party. Uh, and Emma says, all those Tory MPs who were sitting on the Commons benches should remember it is because Boris got them there with his amazing prime ministerial win. If they turn on him now and he doesn't come back to number 10, then they have lost their only chance to win the next general election. Let's talk to Andrew Bowie, as uh, a Scottish Tory MP, of course. He was a man we spoke to a lot during the course of the summer. Uh, he's a Rishi Sunak supporter. I assume he will be supporting Rishi Sunak again. Andrew, a very good morning to you. Welcome back. Mike, hi, how are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Your man Rishi Sunak didn't make it last time. I've had lots and lots of communiques, as you can imagine, from Conservative Party members and just Conservative voters who might not be members of the party. They say, we don't want Rishi Sunak. We did not vote for him the last time around. What do you say to them? Well, look, we are where we are because Elizabeth Truss, who won the leadership election last time around, uh, had to resign uh, this week. And we're entering a new leadership election now. Rishi Sunak uh, got over 40% of the vote in that last leadership election. So he has been tested in front of the members. He's he's, he's proven to have you know, a large groundswell of support from the membership. No, he didn't win that leadership election. But within the parliamentary party, he did secure the nominations and the support of most MPs. So I'm pretty sure he goes into this contest. Should he publicly declare that he was running uh, with a great deal of support within the parliamentary party and indeed the party membership? And what do you know about the numbers uh, so far? Because obviously the numbers game is an important one. Uh, coming up to two o'clock on Monday afternoon, um, Rishi Sunak will need to make the 100 threshold. Do you know how many he's got so far? Uh, no, uh, I don't think anybody bar the, uh, bar the 1922 committee or anybody involved uh, at that level knows what the exact numbers are. Uh, all I know is that I'm very proud to be nominating Rishi to be the leader of the Conservative Party. I think he has the answers. I said in the summer he had the answers for the difficult economic questions that we were facing. I believe that again now, and I hope that we're going to see him in Downing Street by the end of next week. And what about Boris Johnson's return? What do you say to, to him? Look, Boris Johnson has a lot of qualities. I uh, personally was always you know, on very good terms with Boris, but we shouldn't forget that the reason that he had to leave office was the fact that the government had ceased to function. You know, he suffered the highest number of ministerial resignations of any uh, prime minister, and I don't think it would be in his in his own personal interest to return uh, to frontline politics at this stage. That, that's my own view. Why not? The views about some. I just. I feel that you know he, he it's only been a few weeks. The Standards Commission investigation is still uh, ongoing. There are still questions about what went on in Downing Street. I'm not saying that he should rule it out forever. Uh, he has certain qualities that I think the Conservative Party desperately need. He is, without doubt, a great asset on the campaign trail. I'd love to see him back in the fold. I just don't think that right now, so soon after he left, would be the right moment for Boris to step back into the fold. If both he and Rishi Sunak get over 100 on Monday... Um, mm they will go to the membership for a vote, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the rules of this, as it stands right now, yeah. And as far as Rishi Sunak is concerned, would he do any kind of a deal with Boris to be his Chancellor again? Uh, look, I mean, that's a question you'd have to ask uh, Rishi or, or Boris themselves. I'm just, I just know that I'm very pleased to be supporting Rishi again. I said in the summer he had the, he had the right economic plan for this country. It, we don't behove anybody to say that you know, he's been proved correct because you know, it's a very difficult situation we find ourselves in. But I'm uh, full square behind him again this time and we'd love to see him in 10 Downing Street you know, dictating our economic policy as we move forward. Well, I mean, you say dictating our economic policy, but one of the things I used to ask you before uh, in the summer, what is his plan for getting us down on the inflationary spiral that we appear to be on? 
because I think one of the failings of his campaign last time was that he didn't explain that, and therefore people went for Liz Truss's explanation, uh, which worked out not so well for her in the end, but maybe he'll learn a lesson from that, will he? Look, uh, I, I possibly. I, I look forward to when, when Rishi officially declares. I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about his, his, his actual plans when he officially, or if, if he officially declares his candidacy for leader uh, this time around. Um, we do need to get inflation under control. I think that's absolutely clear. I think the steps that Liz and Quasi, as Liz herself said, she apologised. They went too far too fast. They didn't, they didn't roll the pitch uh, well enough to the markets, to the, to the economic drivers in this country. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm I saying. Think, My point is, is that yeah. that was a mistake, right? So yeah, in terms yeah. of rolling the pitch, then surely Rishi Sunak should be very clear before anybody votes for him as to what he's about to do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I look forward to hearing from him when he officially announces, if <laughs> Mike, he officially announces his candidacy to be leader, because right now nobody's officially announced that they're standing. Right. When would you expect that to happen today? Um, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Um, all I know is that um, I'm very pleased to be... Uh, but you've come out basically today, support. Andrew, to tell me you're backing yeah. somebody who hasn't announced that they're running and you don't know what their policies are going to be. It doesn't sound like a very sensible well, decision you've made. But well, we know with policies are going to need to get inflation under control to be a steady hand on the economic tiller of this country. And well, then, yeah, yeah, but that's uh, all the, nonsense. We're, no, we're sick it. of it, Andrew. We're sick of the nonsense, right? We need proper promises. We need proper strategy. Well, we we don't want promises. to see the economy going further down the gurgler. And what we want is somebody to tell us precisely how they're going to get inflation under control. You can't well, just say Mike, we last, want to get inflation under control. Last time I was on this show, Mike, you were telling me that the only person with promises and a plan to get this country moving forward is Elizabeth Truss. That's right. And look how that turned out. She gave promises and it hasn't worked. What I think we need to do is take a long, hard view of where we are going, Let give Jeremy Hunt the space as Chancellor to develop the economic plan, get Rishi in the room to, to, to put meat on the bones of that, get inflation down and grow the economy and get this country in a better place. That's so are you, saying, are, you saying that Rishi, are you saying that Rishi Sunak would keep Jeremy Hunt as Chancellor? That's a decision for Rishi Sunak, but I mean, at the beginning of this week, I was saying we need to give the Chancellor space to develop his economic plan. I still but he was appointed by Liz Truss. Uh, yes. So why would he stay in? It, it, well, it's entirely up to him and entirely up to Rishi as to who he puts in his cabinet. Whoever is the Chancellor must be given that space to develop the economic plan. What would you say to the people who who tell me on a regular basis that they don't want Rishi Sunak in charge because he basically betrayed Boris Johnson and he did it in the hopes of becoming leader himself and it didn't work out for him? Yeah, that's. I would say that's nonsense. Uh, I think we need to look really? back at the timeline of what... Yes, I think we need to look back at the timeline of what happened last year. Rishi was not the first person to resign from Cabinet. He was not the first minister uh, to resign from the government. Uh, we He took the decision, a uh, decision that he took very reluctantly to step down. Because but it was his resignation uh, that caused, couldn't defend. That caused everything to happen, wasn't it? But, but, Mike, let's not forget where we were. We were in a situation uh, in June last year, uh, or early July, sorry, where uh, the basic facts of a story about a member of the Whip's office acting inappropriately at a private member's club were changing by the hour. How on earth? Government had ceased to function. Ministers were being given lines to take that changed as they were going live on air. It was it, it was a completely unsustainable. And Rishi took the necessary decision, I think, that he had to step down from government because he couldn't defend that. And then when Boris did resign, he put his hat in the ring to become prime minister. I believe he would have been a great choice. I still do believe that, which is why I'm backing him now. OK. Andrew, thank you very much indeed. Andrew Bowie uh, says he's back in Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak hasn't yet declared officially uh, that he is running for Prime Minister, but I think we can probably safely say that he will. I don't know when that's going to happen. Andrew Bowie doesn't know when it's going to happen either. But isn't it right to say that what we can't have any longer is this ridiculous platitude that puts uh, everybody on the back foot when Prime Minister's candidates say, here's what we want to do. We want to bring down inflation. Well, great. But how, though?
That's the question I'm asking, for heaven's sake. 0344 499 1000 joint uh, favourites practically Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak with Betfair. We'll be talking uh, to an odds maker coming up a little bit later on. 45 to 1, the outside bet, the the, the money bet, uh, as Richard Tice said, uh, the investment, if you want to make it, with Ben Wallace. A penny more than 6 to 1. Uh, and then 13 to 15, an unusual price that. 23 to 10 for Boris Johnson. Is he coming back? I think he is. This is Talk TV. Edgy talk. Plain talk. Unrivaled talk. Mike Graham. The only radio show you can count on for a proper serving of good old-fashioned common sense. In search of the perfect debate. The independent republic of Mike Graham. See it. Hear it. Think it. Talk radio and talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. It is Friday. We've reached the end of another week and we've reached a new level uh, of mad behaviour in Parliament, really. We've got a new Prime Minister coming up. Could be as early as Monday. Uh, Liz Truss resigned yesterday around about 1.34, I think it was, uh, during the day. I'd gone for a slight nap, actually, in the back of a cab uh, for about five minutes. Honestly, just a little cat nap. Woke up, no Prime Minister. Unbelievable. William Clouston is here with us from the Social Democratic Party. William, uh, welcome back to uh, the, f- the fray. Um, it seems uh, that things are moving uh, qu- at quite a pace at the moment. Mm. The one thing that, uh, that is staggering uh, is how quickly Boris Johnson's name has come back into the frame, where, you know, mm. everybody assumed he'd sort of consigned himself to this 135 grand for a half hour speech, big house in southeast London, uh, presumably on borrowed money. Mm. We don't know. Mm. Um but now it's, you know, serious conversations being had around uh, all sorts of tables. Yeah. Will he come back? Well, we'll find out, won't we? I mean, I think this isn't very good for the country. I think he should put the country first yeah. and not stand. <laughs> That's what he should do. I think he's distorting. What do they expect he would do, Mike? Mm. So he's, is he going to come back and fail better? Well, the problem way? is, right, the focus, it seems to me, of the politicians in this country is all wrong. You know, the focus of Liz Truss was to keep on carrying on, mm. even though it was very clear that whatever it was that she wanted to carry on doing mm. wasn't going to work. For mm. whatever reason, good or real, I mean, I was one of those who thought the, the, the mini-budget was actually OK, yeah. but it just didn't work out for all sorts of reasons. Mm. And there were people who didn't want it to work out for all sorts of mm. reasons. But it was very clear from about a week ago, when she fired Quasi Quartang, that it wasn't going to be long before she went. Yeah, and I mean, she dragged it out for another week. But as a strategy for destroying your own political platform... It could hardly be improved upon. I no. mean, they, they, their technique, uh, not explaining how they're going to pay this money back, uh, just slightly arrogant, really. Mm. So it's been blown out. I mean, in a way, it's, I don't share their economics, but the sort of free trade liberal type, IEA type economics they were promoting, I think, has been taken off the table now probably for a long time. Possibly so. Yeah. And <clears throat> perhaps it would have worked had they done it slightly differently. That seems to be the narrative that they have said. So they've yeah. used they've sort of used the wrong individual to push it. It's like mm. they picked the wrong salesman or woman. Po- possibly. I don't believe in that sort of economics anyway. I, I think it's too uh, indifferent to things like trade balances. I think they, they always prioritise consumers who want to buy more stuff and mm. have more debt. They just don't take debt seriously. It is actually, it was quite amusing in a way, not for the country, but it was an, it was an odd thing that so-called free trade purists were actually undone by the market. Mm. You know, the market in the yes. end did it for them. So and these are the same people complaining that the markets are running the government. Yeah, we well, can't have both ways. I mean, <laughs> they deify markets, Mike. They deify them. Right. And then when they don't get the answer they want. I mean, the, the fact is, I, I've said ad nauseam, that households are chock-a-block full of debt, mm. the government's full of debt, corporates are full of debt. Yeah. We have a major debt problem, and unless we face up to it, 
Uh, Well, I think there might be a slight correction, which might end up being more than that, uh, if interest rates go up and continue to go up, because there will be companies that go bust because they can't pay back the money they owe. There will be people who lose their homes Mm. because they can't afford their mortgages, Mm. and they'll get into negative equity. And there will be people who will be handing cars back they can't afford to pay for, uh, going into hock because of credit card bills they can't pay. All of that. All of that's happening. And uh, And maybe that's a good thing. Well, sometimes a reckoning is is a necessary thing. Mm. But um, the mortgage situation, I mean, you you didn't hear it first because people are starting to talk about this, but mark my word by certainly by early next year, there will be clamours for a, a mortgage bailout. Yeah. So we've had the GFC bailout, we've had the COVID pandemic bailout, we've had the energy bailout, yeah. and there will be clamours for a, a mortgage bailout because mortgage, you know, household mortgages are, are being um, re- renewed. Yeah, but why should I? Why should I bail anybody out who's well, overstretched themselves I don't, by buying a house they can't now afford? I agree. I agree with you. I don't think we I, should. Bail I think, them out. but also the wider problem is that, that one more bailout might actually do it. You, you, you know, the bond rate, the ten-year rate went up to four and a half. Mm. So one more bailout, the market might just say, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with this. Most of, most of the time, we're in in hock to, uh, mm. to foreign investors who are paying for our trade balance yeah. uh, imbalance. So it, no, it could go badly, badly wrong. One more push, and it might go. Um, so, but I'm, anyway, you heard it here first. There'll, there'll be clamours for for this. There will be a correction in house prices. In a way, if you're a, a young person, mm. then that's a, that might be a good thing. I feel very sorry for the people that have um, borrowed, sorry, the, the, that have saved for a deposit over the last few mm. years and put it into the housing market. So there is a correction. That that's fairy dust, and that's very sad. Yeah, but happened that's the to way me. It goes. It's probably happened to yeah, you. But listen, yeah. that's the way it goes. I remember <clears> going back to the days of endowment mortgages when yeah. it was the only mortgage you could get. Yeah, I bought a house with an endowment mortgage. Yeah. Um, ended up selling the house. Mm. Uh, they said to me, would you like to keep the endowment part of it going? And I said, well, yeah. what will it be worth if I keep paying into it in 10 years' time? And they said, less than you put in. Yeah, exactly. And I went, well, why would I do that? <laughs> why? But some people were trapped in there because yeah, yeah. if they didn't sell the house, yeah. they had the endowment part still going. Yeah, yeah. And by the end of the time, they'd have to take the whatever profit they'd made off the house to give back to the bank. Yeah, but anyway, the the, the, the point that I make on this, and I'll make it again, is if you, you know, we're in a debt problem, why would you think more debt is the solution? And that's basically why uh, Truss and uh, her friend are out. As to what happens now, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, I, you know, all of us are saying we wouldn't mind an election. It'd be cleansing. But mm. uh, there isn't actually any precedent for it. There's no constitutional reason why they will do it. I, I'm quite close to some red wall Tory MPs. And uh, the point that they make through their friends is that some of them are earning more money than they've ever earned. Mm. And why would you be... Well, as MPs. Yeah, yeah, yes. And some of them didn't expect to Well, it's a very well-paid job. Well, when I, mean, all, got, I, I get sick to death of hearing all these people say, maybe we should pay them more. No. I don't think so. No. Well, the package, it's the package. And if, if it's a male MP, quite often, uh, if he's got a wife or, or partner, they'll run the office. So the yeah. package is considerable. So this is the basic question, Mike. If you're a Red Wall MP, Tory MP, why would you want to be a three-year single-term MP when you can be a five-year? Yeah. So I don't think we'll have an election soon. I well, think, nobody wants an election in the Tory party, mm. but they could be forced <clears> into it. How? Well, I'll explain in a minute. Before we get to that point, um, what do you think Labour will say uh, on the evening of the end of yet another Tory Prime Minister? Liz Truss resigned around about, as I say, one thirty-four yesterday. Annalise Dodds tweeted out last night at about 8pm this, and I think if you're watching us, you can see it. Labour uh, will ban all forms of conversion therapy, appoint an envoy to promote LGBT plus rights globally, modernise the Gender Recognition Act and protect the Equality Act, Labour leading on LGBT plus rights, the Tories paralysed by chaos. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. Well, I mean, the last bit might be right. Tories paralyzed by chaos. Right. But I'm not sure you get any voters uh, <laughs> in the red wall no. with that kind of tweet. Well, that, that proves that the Labour Party's paralyzed by stupidity. Because yeah. then, what, what do you think? That we're in a debt crisis. You haven't got a, a national border worth the name on the south coast. Yeah. A million people came in last year, and, and you know certainly we'll get forty thousand illegally this mm. year. Uh, Easy. Yeah, and you know, and we're in the middle of a, uh, an economic um, uh, recession. Certainly, we're because, certainly going because, further into recession. Yeah, to Jeremy Hunt. Actually. That's it. No, that's 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 what we face, and it's nice to know the Labour Party are focusing on minor preoccupations like this they actually it's, it's it's hilarious the the public i mean the polls are showing labor at 50 or 60 that's very thin if there were an election and if labor got in on a landslide i predict in about six months time that the buyer's remorse would be colossal yes I mean, it just, well that was my strategy mm. um from last week mm. where i said basically the best thing the Tories can do now uh, is hold an election because nobody can fix the, pro- the current problems, right? Mm. Labour would certainly do it a lot worse. People said, yeah, but the country would go to rack and ruin. Hello, we're already in rack and ruin. Yeah. So give it to the uh, Labour Party. Keir mm. Starmer, for all of his bluster and his forensic nature, would make a complete dog's breakfast of mm. it all. He would be discredited for the mm. rest of his political life. Mm. Labour would have to call an emergency election in two years' time because the, the pound would be collapsing and people would mm. have no confidence in them. Mm. Tories by now have regrouped, become Conservative, get back in. I don't think they can become Conservative because they're full of Liberals. I, I, as a point I've made many, many times before, the poor old voter in a po- polling booth is faced with a green Liberal mm. to vote for, a yellow one, a red one, a blue one. Mm. Largely, these parties, because of the way they select their candidates, are the same. You, you, you've got to build something better. That's the problem. And maybe that's why there will be a bit of a, a, a kind of a, an eye cast towards the likes of the SDP and reform. Yeah. And there are lots of people telling me now that perhaps you guys need to get together and form a proper alliance of, yeah. of common sense. I mean, if you well, don't we are, mind, I'll lend you that phrase if you like. If you <laughs> we are talking, I mean, we have collaborated before with reform and, you know, we, we don't agree on the economics, but we agree on a lot of other things like the fact that Britain should govern itself. We agree on constitutional reform and electoral reform. Yeah. So there is a platform. Do you also want proportional representation? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at it. The, the people that like the duopoly, which is a stitch up, Mike. Mm. It doesn't, seats, you know, votes do not end up in seats. We've seen that from successive elections. Mm. And they always say, you know, first the past the post, the system we've got delivers strong and stable government. And I sort of have a smile. <laughs> uh, do you really believe that? I mean, you could hardly well, do worse. Well, we're in the business of redefining definitions of words. Yeah, we? I know. I if know. this is strong and stable government, then I'm the king of Prussia. I know, it's just say. scary. But, but here's how I think a, a general election could come about. If, for example, Boris Johnson comes back, if he gets the 100 names that he's required to get by 2pm on Monday, mm. and if he's one of two, uh, or maybe all three, mm. um, and he is somehow removed from the ballot mm. by the Tory um, MPs in Parliament because mm. they don't want him back, mm. 
Then the Conservative members start to get revolting. Then there starts to get so much pressure on the mm. party in Parliament and the party that's governing because they have no mandate from anyone. Yeah. Then they have to have an election. Yeah, there has been... I mean, in, in, the, in the heat of all this chaos, there has been a hint that the Tory party, some of them anyway, have just lost the will to, to be there. Mm. I mean, they, you know, it's like you have it back. I think yes. There is precedent for that in 1905 and the Liberals, Campbell Bannerman smashed the election after yeah. that. So, you know, it's and also, a long time ago. For? I mean, I said this when Nicola Sturgeon complained mm. um, at her conference that she detested Tories and everything yeah. they stood for. And I yeah. said, well, I wish you'd tell me what they stand for because I don't know what it is. Yeah, she, was wrong, to say that, she was wrong to say that, though. She was. And like, I, I think that's the sort of politics, that's the gutter politics you don't need. Yes. I, I actually made a similar statement in my uh, speech to the SCP conference. So I, didn't, I don't despise them. I do despair of them mm. because they're uh, not you governing the country. You should say you detest a group of people. No, it's mad. No, doesn't no. make any sense. No, no. I, I mean, I, I drink with a, a, a friend who's an elected Tory every, every Friday. Just yeah. about. We disagree about many, many policies. No, we do need something better, Mike. And we, you know, I'm talking to, to Richard Tyson, Paul Oakton, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, there are differences, but I think PR might actually, electoral reform, constitutional reform, might actually be a clincher mm. in this. It's so important. You know, we're not well governed and we need to look at it. And so yeah. Richard's serious about that and I'll have a look at it. So I'm going to ask you this because I've asked an awful lot of people this over the course of the last week or so. Uh, this time next week, where are we? Who's in charge? I I fear that Johnson may be. Um, I don't... I, I don't think it's good for the country. I think he's distorting British politics to the same extent that mm. Trump can distort American politics. It's not sensible. It's not mm. good. And I would ask you, basically, he had an 80-seat majority. It's now down to 70. And he did not solve the migrant crisis. He didn't do any serious levelling up. He, did a, he, he was good at slogans, mm. but very little was being delivered. Why would he do any different? What, you know, what, do you want yeah. to go round again? Yeah. No. He didn't really do anything, no. actually. No. I mean, if the truth be told, the legacy of Boris Johnson is Boris Johnson. That's it. That's yeah. it. Brexit right? done. That's it. Not even. Yeah. Uh, you could argue with that. But listen, great to see you, William. Um, interesting that, that you've told us that you're talking to Richard Tice because I think there'll be a lot of people heartened by that because a lot of people have asked for that to perhaps be the next step. So we'll see you maybe next week or sometime soon. Uh, we've got lots to do. We've got lots of your calls to take as well. 0344 499 1000. Uh, do get in touch because we want to hear from you. This is the place where we care what you think and we will broadcast what you think to the rest of the world. Nobody else does that. This is Talk TV. Nationwide, by your side, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham, right here on Talk TV. Um, breaking news for you. I'm not even sure uh, that I know what the Independent Expert Panel Parliamentary Watchdog is, uh, but it, what it is doing is recommending that Labour MP Christian Matheson be suspended from the House of Commons for four weeks for serious sexual misconduct. Uh, he's alleged to have uh, uh, tried to... In, uh, not intimidate precisely, but to influence a former member of his staff, uh, inviting her on private trips, uh, giving her unwanted sexual attention, I think is probably the best way to put it. Uh, so Paul Matheson, Christian Matheson rather, um, I'm not sure who that is, but he's a Labour MP uh, and he is likely to be suspended from the Commons for four weeks. 0344 499 Let's talk to Paul Bristow MP, Tory MP for uh, Peterborough. He's a Boris Johnson supporter. The front page of The Sun today uh, says this. Bojo, I'll be back. Um, at the moment, we believe he's in consultations with various people. He's on a Caribbean island somewhere uh, plotting his return. Uh, and Paul Bristow, I think, assuming you're going to tell me that uh, the sooner the better, Paul. Uh, well, I am, Mike, and uh, thanks, for me having, thanks for having me on your show. Um, I've been uh, telling a lot of people over the last uh, 24 hours uh, 
when I was in Peterborough at the weekend, I went to the Diwali Festival, I went to the Great Eastern Run, uh, and I did some campaigning. And overwhelmingly, my constituents were telling me, Conservative supporting constituents, and those were undecided, were telling me, bring back Boris Johnson. I fought a quite a high-profile by-election, if you recall, in 2019. I do. Where I didn't just lose in Peterborough, I came third. And uh, the Brexit Party came second and Labour came through. But I came mm. third. And we were 19 points behind in the polls. But just six months later, Boris was our Prime Minister uh, and Boris won that election convincingly and I won my constituency. Uh, Boris is a proven uh, winner. He's got that track record. He did it once. He can do it again. Yeah. yeah. And what, you, what is your knowledge, if you have any at the moment, Paul, of how many names uh, so far he's got in the, uh, in the hat, if you like? Well, we're, we're hearing it's around 50, possibly more. Well, I think that's it's probably, I think, over 50. He's got lots of people who are not willing to yet put their names out there, but I think will support Boris Johnson because they, I think they understand that he's a winner. And he pr produced this coalition last time where he was able to bring together those in the leafy um, suburbs like Oxfordshire and Surrey uh, and those in the Red Wall. I'm confident that Boris will get 100 names on his nomination paper. Mm. And if he does, I'm confident he'll go on and win and then go on and win the general election. Do you think he'll win outright? Do you think he'll get the most names by Monday at two o'clock and then suddenly he's the new Prime Minister? I'm certain he'll be on that ballot paper. I don't want to speak to my, yeah. my colleagues. I don't, I don't let me, let me put a scenario to you, Paul. What would happen, for example, if all three uh, of the candidates that we think will be candidates, because so far we're not sure, Penny Morden, Rishi Sunak and Boris Johnson, if all three of them end up over 100, right? Then the Tory party in Westminster, I believe, will choose two out of those three, I think. Um, and if they try and block Boris Johnson, what would happen then to the Tory party? Well, my clear message to my colleagues is that we've got to go on and win. And if you look at the membership, the membership also overwhelmingly want Boris Johnson. He has a mandate of the members already. He'll maybe uh, may get a second. And he's got a mandate... Uh, from the electorate already. We want to avoid that general election so we can give this country two years of stable government. Uh, and that is what we should be doing. And that's what Boris Johnson, I'm sure, will deliver. And I'm sure if Bor Boris is on that ballot paper, he'll win. So that's what I'm saying to my colleagues. And what about those who say, listen, it's all very well saying we want him back. He's a winner for the Tory party. But the country is in a pretty bad state uh, for all sorts of reasons. I mean, I'm not going to get into the blame game as to who's responsible for it, but it is in a very bad place. Is Boris really qualified? You know, he's, we now know he's not an ideas guy. You know, he's an inspiration to a lot of people, but he's not great on detail. He's not great on reading his red boxes at night. He's not great at anything other than coming out and just being Boris, right? Um, how can you convince people to give him another go? Well, it's been an extraordinary time since 2019. We, we had Brexit. We had to deal with that. We had uh, the COVID pandemic. We've had war in Ukraine. People keep telling me that I'm an MP in extraordinary times. To be honest, I could do with a bit of ordinary. And uh, I think that's... <laughs> so could um, we all. That, yeah, well, indeed. And I think, you know, look, that, that's what we need right now. We need two years of stability. We need to bring the party back together. And Boris did that in 2019. I'm sure he can do it again. He, he got the big calls right when he was prime minister. It was a, it was a, a, a pretty rocky period because of the things I've said, war, uh, COVID. But on the big calls, he got them right. He got, he got sure some of them. I again. think I think let's let's be generous and say he got some of them right. Didn't get them all right. Uh, there were some big calls he got completely wrong, including his own uh, performance as a, as a prime minister and some of the things that he allowed to happen around him. But let's talk about Rishi Sunak. I know you've got to rush off, but finally, um, would he do a deal with Rishi Sunak and bring him back in as his Chancellor? I think that would be very sensible that uh, Rishi Sunak was brought back into the party. Rishi's clearly a talented 
guy. You're clearly someone with uh, a lot to offer. And I think it would be excellent if Boris was prime minister, he brought Rishi Sunak back. Um, I, I don't want to speak badly of my colleagues. I don't do blue on blue attacks. I, I never have. But it's time to get the um, the big hitters around the, the cabinet table. Bring the band back together. That's what I want to see. Happen. You want to see the band back? Just put uh, just frisk them all before they come into the room, maybe. Well, look, you know that was then. This is now. As you said earlier, the country is facing some extraordinary challenges. It's time for the grown-ups, you know, to get around the table and run this country. Okay, Paul Bristow, MP for Peterborough. Thank you very much indeed. Once Boris Johnson back, says it's time for the grown-ups to take over. Some might say Boris Johnson isn't really a grown-up, hasn't been described as one for a while. But who knows? Let's talk to Maggie, who's in Gloucestershire. Hello, Maggie. Oh, hello, Mike. How are you doing? Um, yeah, thank you for speaking to me. Um, I'm shaking with in, with rage, with mm. inc- incandescent rage, okay. that this party that's limping along on its last legs has to elect, has to bring back a prime minister they got rid of and accused him of being a liar. Yeah. No, I do not think Rishi would amalgamate with him as chancellor because Rishi, although a rich man, is a decent man and an honourable man. Now, look, I like Boris. He's entertaining. He's got a terrific orator. He's a terrific orator. He's got charisma. None of the others have got a blinking filch of that in no. it. Think, think, think. What's we smog? Oh, my goodness, that lot. But Boris is a winner, and he will win, because they're taught that on the playing fields of Eastland. Win, win, win. And if he comes back, he will win. Yes. So I can't work out whether you want him back or not, Maggie. Your your incandescent rage is so intense. What did they do with the backing? There was intimidation. Well, people will be intimidated. Now, back to Rishi. I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm a socialist, but we've got them. Rishi has got a supreme intellect. He told Liz Truss, if you have this fantasy economics, there'll be a run on the pound. People will have to mm. um, pay more for their mortgages. Do they care? I won't swear on pub. Try not Do to. Do they care about poor people <laughs> that are faced with having to pay an extra 500 a month? No, they don't care. No. Because they don't know what it's like. And of course they don't. They're too rich, Maggie. But listen, Maggie, we go for a general election. Tell, tell me what you want. You want a general election? Do you want Boris? What do you want? I don't want Boris. Okay. No. I like Boris. I don't hate Boris. But I think it's just pathetic. They, they, they've they just got rid of him and now they want him back because they're so desperate. Yes. It's ridiculous. It's, 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 it just makes a mockery of the whole situation. What more can we take? I mean, you know, where I live, you can't get a dentist. You can't get an ambulance. I'm lucky I don't need that. You can't get a hospital appointment. You mm. can't see your doctor. You can't buy a house. You can't afford the food in the shops. How, do you know, this government is despising the people that they're meant to represent, despising them and treating them. They're, they're behaving like the czars of Russia. Mm. That's what they're behaving like, the yeah. czars of bloody Russia. I know. Listen, Maggie, brilliant call. Fantastic. Absolutely amazing. I think we'd like to see you in charge. Maggie, thank you very much indeed. Maggie in Gloucestershire. What a woman. This is the way people speak in this country. This is what they've been driven to, because you know why? Because nothing works. You can blame anybody you like. But she's right. You can't get a dentist. You can't get a doctor. You probably can't get a bus if you live in Gloucestershire. The trains are mostly on strike. You can't get a delivery because they're on strike. You can't get to buy any of the food in a shop because it's too expensive. You can't buy a house because you can't get a mortgage because they're too expensive. Come on, guys. Straighten yourselves up. Get back to work and start fixing it. For heaven's sake, whoever you get in charge. I think it might as well be Boris. This is Talk TV. On the app, on your smart speaker, Talk Radio and Talk TV. 
Welcome back to the Independent Republican, Mike Graham, right here on Talk TV. Uh, Mike in Swindon says this, Good morning, in my opinion, Penny and Boris should come together to beat the snake Sunak, who I think is responsible for sabotaging the trust government. Penny for Prime Minister and Boris for Foreign Secretary to work with Wallace to defeat Putin and leave Hunt where he is. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, a lot of people are saying uh, that even in Ukraine, they want Boris Johnson back because he was such uh, an ally uh, to uh, Zelensky uh, and the Ukrainian people. So uh, it could well be that if you were to ask anyone in Ukraine, do you think Boris Johnson should come back? You may well get this. Uh, one from, uh, where are we? Emma. I know I've already read that one out. Um, can Richard Tyson envisage an election scenario in which reform and conservatives would agree which seats to contest rather than split the ballot and hand a win to Labour, says Brian in South End. Well, the Brexit party were accused of doing that under Nigel Farage, I seem to remember. Uh, and Richard Tice at the last election uh, in 2019. But who can say? Let's talk to um, Marco Longhi in a moment, who's another Boris Johnson supporter. First, though, Arthur in Birmingham, quickly. Hello, Arthur. Hello, Mike. How are you uh, doing? I'm, I'm not bad, no, not bad, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm a Tory party member. Yes. And um, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't um, have Rishi Sunak in as right. Prime Minister. Is he paid, mate? I no, I think a lot of people Boris agree with you. Do you want to see Boris back, Arthur? I believe he stabbed, he stabbed Truss in the back as well, in my opinion. Yes. He's, he's the one that's been uh, pushing things around in the background to make it suit himself. Um, I'd love to see Boris back. OK. I'd love to see... In fact, I could do the top team for you. Go on. Um, I'd like to see Ben Wallace stay where he is. Yeah. Penny Moore is excellent at the uh, dispatch box. So yeah. I'd like to see her be number two. Right. And I'd like to see Jacob Rees-Mock as Chancellor. Yes, I think that's a great shout. I like that a lot. Um, I've got one word of warning for Richard, though. Yeah. Um, I, I, this proportional representation he keeps banging on about. Yeah. Uh, there's something in the back of my mind from about three or four months ago where uh, they refer to the Italian government. And the Italian government have had something like 70 governments in 74 years. Yes. And I don't think the proportional representation gives you stability. Not no. at all. No, I agree with you. And I say that. It's one of the few points of difference between myself and Richard Tice. I think proportional representation would be a disaster because all you end up with is a lot of coalition governments which never really get anything done. But great call, Arthur. I'm going to put all your points to Marco Longhi, who's the MP for Dudley North. Uh, you might not be too far away from him by the sounds of you. Uh, he's a Boris Johnson supporter. Marco, very good morning to you. Very good morning to you. Always a pleasure, Graham. Uh, thank you very much indeed. You Mike, call me Mike if Mike, you want. Thank you, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I won't call you Longy. Now, listen, you heard Arthur there. I think Arthur speaks uh, with a voice that an awful lot of Conservative Party members speak with. They don't want Rishi Sunak. They see him as a bit of a traitor. I know that we're not trying to encourage you to have a blue-on-blue -blue attack. But I don't. I think Rishi Sunak is convinced of his own importance and his own popularity, um, and I think surely losing to Liz Truss should prove him uh, that he's not right about that. Well, like you said, I'm not going to make comments about uh, colleagues, and one of the things I can say is that we do have a wealth of talent within the party, and which is a good thing, mm. and it's a good thing that we've got competition, but we need to really get this sorted very quickly. But uh, a, a word about what Arthur just said. Mm. He speaks huge common sense and he mentioned italy and you'll know from my name i yes. do have some italian heritage in me yeah i actually grew up in rome italy until i was 19 years old right and everything he said is completely true and although i will agree with richard tice on probably a vast majority of things i do not believe in proportional representation because i've seen what a huge huge impact it has uh, on democracies mm. it's it's an it's it will mean dodgy deals between closed doors 
unholy coalitions between parties, which then inevitably keep collapsing after six or 12 months. Yes. It's not the way I want to do politics. I wonder if there's a middle ground somewhere. There probably isn't, because it does seem a bit unfair that parties like UKIP, when they did get all those votes, four million votes, and they didn't really get anything more than one seat, it does seem that there should be an allowance for that, you know, that somehow maybe you could build in, if a party gets a certain, above a certain share of, of the vote, they get a certain number of MPs in Parliament, because I think that would be fair, um, but otherwise I'm entirely with you on, on proportional representation in general, I just don't think it's a very good system. It's not a very good system. Uh, and, and actually, I'm completely in agreement with you. There is a fairness point there that first past the post mm. uh, does not deliver. But I think I think people have struggled to come up with a solution that works. I'd be certainly happy to look at a solution, but proportional representation for what it's for what it is and what would become without a doubt in the United Kingdom uh, would be catastrophic for the UK. It, it would it, it would mean almost certainly an independent Scotland. It would mean uh, the union collapsing. It would mean almost certainly a Labour government as well in order to achieve a proportional representation because they're the party who are likely to collapse under the pressure of Sturgeon. So what we would have is a minority Labour government with Sturgeon telling uh, the, uh, the rest of the United Kingdom and England what to do. I mean, what a scenario. Mm. Can you imagine that, Mike? Uh, well, at, at this point, actually, Marco, I can imagine almost any scenario uh, because uh, that's what we've been faced with for the past week or two. Um, we need Boris back to stop that, Mike. Well, listen, we need Boris what... back. He is the man with the electoral mandate who's been able to unify the country before. We were in this kind of situation before Boris came in and he, he, he delivered Brexit. He, he, there, are, there are problems with the package that need to be unpicked, absolutely. And we've still not delivered on things like illegal immigration, which is massively important to me and the rest of the Red Wall. But he is the man that can do it. He's won seats in Red Wall seats like mine and Dudley North and across the country, but including Leafy Surrey and 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 and, and those rich areas yeah. in the shop. Well, listen, so even Ukra- the- even Ukraine wants him back for heaven's sake, Marco. Tell me this though: what do you say to those who got rid of him? Did they make a mistake? Of course, they made a mistake. Absolutely, they made a mistake. And, and uh, I, I think they need to look into their hearts and have a look at what actually happened. It was the Twitter sphere that won. Uh, if you, you know, Boris submitted more than 300 items of evidence with photographs as to what happened during lockdown and so-called parties. It was the civil service that let Boris down. He cannot micromanage all, all 1,200 or 1,500 offices that are around number 10 and the cabinet office. He's out and about meeting people like uh, Zelensky. He's out and about showing leadership on the planet. You know, he led the Western Hemisphere, not just with Ukraine, but with COVID as well. You know, we would still be probably suffering much more severe uh, consequences of uh, extended lockdowns, which we would have had with Starmer. And we wouldn't have had jabs in arms as quickly as we did uh, because we, you know, we would have still been committed to the European Union. Mm. And let's also remind ourselves of that. Starmer yes. was the chief architect to try and stop Brexit. And there is absolutely a push, a committed push by Remainers to want to rejoin. This is the other thing that we would be getting. Yeah. So we wouldn't just be getting Sturgeon ruling over England. We'd actually be getting rejoining 
Uh, the EU well, I mean, the FB, the FB, to stop it. yeah, absolutely. The FBPE brigade, who everybody knows on Twitter as the ones who want to rejoin, have been getting very agitated in the last few weeks about how the Tory party is going down the toilet and they're going to get back into Europe in some way, shape or form. Uh, they've gone very quiet since yesterday, since Boris is uh, looking like he might be on the re- on the rebound. Now, Monday is a very interesting day. If Boris gets over 100 names on the list from Tory MPs in Parliament. And if he's the only one, he's the Prime Minister at two o'clock on Monday, isn't he? If he's the only one, yes. Uh, having said that... That's extraordinary, uh, but, isn't it? Uh, uh, you know what? I'm, I, I'm not entirely happy with these 1922 rules, I have to tell you. Yeah. I think it's very, very important that we give members of the Conservative Party their say. That is why they pay their membership, in order for them to have their say. If you look at what's happened over the last few years and over the last few months, the people who have failed the country are the members of parliament. The electorate are the ones that have saved this country over Brexit back in 2016. The electorate, and in this case, the membership of the Conservative Party, are the people who are saying what they want, but it's the MPs that are trying to scupper it. So I do hope, I do hope that we don't see some sort of stitch up and that we actually get this right and offer the membership the right to vote. Marco Longhi, thank you very much indeed. MP for Dudley North wants to see Boris back. Boris is coming back. I can feel it. I think you can feel it. You might not like it, but I think it's happening. I think it really is. This is Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Lots going on. We're going to be talking to David Bannerman, former Conservative MEP, Chairman of the Freedom Association, great supporter of Boris Johnson. We spoke to him earlier in the week. Uh, that was before uh, the uh, cavalcade, the train, uh, if you like. Even the bandwagon, uh, the Boris bandwagon, got properly underway. Boris Johnson, we understand, is in the Caribbean uh, on holiday. We understand that he is ready and possibly willing to fly back this weekend uh, to take control uh, of his own campaign to become the Prime Minister of this country one once more, uh, he's plotting a return to number 10. That's what we know. We've spoken to a couple of MPs this morning, of course, already, uh, who are willing to back him. He is more than likely, we think, to make uh, the 100 threshold, which is going to be enough to keep him in the race, into the ballot, perhaps for the uh, Conservative members after Monday at 2pm. Uh, we'll find out. Rishi Sunak, uh, who is yet to declare, is also supposed to be going to declare. Uh, will they do a deal of some kind so they can go back into Downing Street together? Uh, Rishi Sunak as tre- as, as as Treasury Chancellor, of course, uh, and Boris Johnson's Prime Minister. Uh, we've also got Penny Morden in the mix as well. Uh, but just before we talk uh, to David Bannerman, let's have a look uh, at this other story that's been breaking about Chester MP Chris Matheson, Labour Party uh, MP for the City of Chester. He's just resigned following an investigation by a parliamentary watchdog into allegations of serious sexual misconduct. Uh, he says... From the start, I accepted I'd committed a minor breach of the code and had hoped that an honest and open approach would stand me in a fair light. This has proven not to be the case. Uh, and he is dismayed, he says, that he's been found guilty of several allegations that he says are untrue. Uh, he's alleged uh, to have been sexually inappropriate with a young female member of his staff. Uh, he now says that uh, he's going to be seeking to rebuild his life elsewhere. He's going to resign his seat forthwith. Um, the Labour Party apparently withdrew the whip, but they didn't fire him. And Annalise Dodds, uh, who is, of course, course the Labour and Cooperative member uh, for Oxford East 
is also the Shadow Women and Equality Secretary. I've been looking to see whether she's made any comment about um, this character in her Twitter, but she doesn't seem to have done so. Now more than ever, she says, we have to show racism the red card in football and in society. Um, she's got a picture of herself holding a red card. She's got a huge congratulations to Maria Exile um, of the Trades Union Congress, who has become the first lesbian president um, of that uh, Trades Union Congress. I mean, but there's nothing at all about Chris Matheson, strangely enough, who's been accused of and has left the party and has left the House of Commons as a result of allegations of sexual misconduct with a woman who worked for him. Well, I don't know what the Labour Party's coming to. Surely they don't encourage this sort of behaviour, do they? Surely they would have to be asking people to resign from the leadership, wouldn't they? If that was the case. Call me old-fashioned. David Bannerman's here. David, a very good afternoon to you. Hi, Mike. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Um... We spoke the other day. Uh, things seem to have taken a bit of a turn um, and fast approaching is Monday at 2pm when Boris Johnson could actually technically be Prime Minister again. Uh, it, it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, if you wrote this in a film or something, no one would believe it. They really wouldn't. They really wouldn't. I, um, What's changed, well, do you think? What's suddenly happened since the last time you and I spoke? Well, of course, Liz Truss has resigned and I do feel very sorry for her. She did do and do the right things but it was too too far too fast as she puts it um and it, and and it's another coup to get rid of this uh, more right right of center agenda low tax agenda um i i am delighted boris is considering uh, uh coming back um we've got over i think it's 57 mps now mm. backing boris he's in the lead um, I, I just think it's Boris or oblivion for the Conservative Party. There was a poll out today and it said uh, that actually this is the lowest figure that Tories have ever had mm. historically. 14%, 14%. It's almost a UKIP level. Actually. Yes. Uh, and it's very, very serious. And I think only Boris can rescue the party. It certainly seems that way. I'm getting a lot of people uh, giving support to Boris Johnson. This from Jeff. He says, Boris ate birthday cake in his office. He wrongly tried to protect his misdemeanour colleagues. He did not inflict harm on us. He financed us with furlough payments through lockdown. People supported him for that. We were first with the vaccine. People supported him for that. He got us Brexit. People supported him for that. We all have flaws in our character, but we don't get the sack. Credit where credit is due. Boris did a great deal for us and didn't deserve to lose his job. Um... There's obviously a rump of the Tory party MPs in Parliament who don't agree with any of that and who thought that it was time for him to uh, be handed his, uh, his walking papers. Um, how is that going to change if he does become the Prime Minister again? Because the biggest problem I think the Tory party's got is all the division that it seems to be facing. Yeah, can I just say, Mike, you know, anyone that wants Boris back, please go to Conservative Post uh, and sign up. You can do an easy email to an, your MP and, and uh, we need those 100 MPs to get him back. Yeah, there will be some who jump ship or, or resign or maybe a few by-elections. But you compare that with two, losing 200, 250 MPs. I mean, a complete meltdown. Mm. Um, under the current polling. Uh, and, you know, that is serious. You know, we, we can't mess around with this. This is the future of the Conservative Party. It's not about Boris, really. Mm. It's about Boris. No, of course it is. And, I mean, if he is to be the unity candidate, therefore, you know, those people who detest him to such an extent in his own party will either have to pipe down or will have to offer up their resignation in some way, won't they? 
Yes, and I'm sorry, I think it's time for discipline. I mean, remember when Boris came in originally uh, to, to break the log jam on Brexit, we lost uh, some of our colleagues, uh, Anna Subri and mm. co. And so, frankly, we're better off without them. <laughs> I was going to say, very generous of you to call them colleagues, I must say. Well, ex-colleagues. I, I mean, no, but I'm sorry, you know, when MPs get that selfish and, and self-serving and I want to destroy the party and destroy the prospects, for their own uh, selfish interests, then I, I'm sorry, you've got to get rid of them. And uh, I, I think Boris will have to do a bit of that. But, you know, as I say, the alternative is a complete mass uh, wipeout of hundreds of MPs. You know, I was campaigning yesterday about action in Norwich, and um, clearly uh, we didn't win that, by the way, you know, and, and the, the reason was that, um, you know, people are despairing. And, and But many said, we want Boris back. On the doorstep. Yes. I mean, a, a breaking news story right now from uh, the spokeswoman for Liz Truss. We are working in preparation for a medium term fiscal plan. The new prime minister will decide whether the plan will be delivered on October the 31st. So um, I'm not quite sure why you would issue a statement like that. Obviously, when October the 31st comes around, Liz Truss will no longer be prime minister. Um, she did the right thing, obviously, didn't she, resigning? Should she have done it earlier? No, I, I don't think she should have done it earlier. She did the right thing. It, it is rather tragic because, you know, actually, you know, there's some commentators today saying that the, the economic uh, model is pretty good. You know, what was they tried to achieve was pretty good. But it was too far, too fast, as she put it. Um, and that was the tragedy. You know, had it been done in smaller steps, you know, more gradually, um, you know, the market could have well uh, gone with it. The worry now under Hunt's plan is that we might get a recession or a deeper recession. Mm. It means that, you know, the cost of debt goes up, you know, more unemployment, more benefits. Uh, so it's it's not as simple as, you know, we save the day. I, I think it needs to be looked at and maybe there will be a new chancellor if Boris gets in. Well, I can't imagine him keeping um, Mr Hunt, can you? Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll see, actually. <laughs> we'll talk of, you know, doing a deal with Rishi. Well, I... I, I don't know. Very interesting. I mean, we live in extraordinary times. Uh, we really do. Talk. And you're absolutely right. I mean, <laughs> the, bottom, the bottom line for all of this is that, you know, the country needs leadership. The country needs rescuing. Uh, it needs an economic recovery plan, which is going to work. It needs also stimulus and it also needs to give people something back. And I know um, that we're told that we're getting uh, this energy payment, which is supposed to soften the blow to some extent. But, you know, we need to start thinking about going back to those tax-cutting principles that the Conservative Party is supposed to stand for, don't we? I, I absolutely agree, Mike. And, I mean, Liz Truss rightly tried to do that. Um, I mean, her point was devastating in the leadership that, you know, Rishi Sunak had given us the highest taxes in 70 years. Mm. I mean, that's historic in itself. Yeah. And I'm afraid... You know, when Boris comes back, if, but when, hopefully, Boris comes back, I think we need to look at these policies and cutting taxes. We've got to go back to that, you know, but let's do it in a more considered, rational way that the market's on, on side. But it is very much, why do you vote Conservative? It, it, it's, you know, economic management, very important. But but lower taxes is very important. We've got to get the economy going and, and, and go back to growth. Yes, exactly right. And of course, um, general election wise, um, the reason why nobody in the Tory party right now wants to have one is because of the polls. Um, they're not going to, I don't think Boris Johnson's viewed in quite the same way that he was in 2019. 
So I think the Tories would have to be a bit careful, wouldn't they? But he is the one who could possibly terrify Sir Keir Starmer and Labour um, and beat them. I think it's very interesting. If you watch the uh, the panic setting in uh, amongst the opposition, Sturgeon making a statement uh, yeah. hysterically yesterday, um, you know, and uh, some of the media, the left-leaning media, are, are very worried about uh, Boris returning. I mean, he's an election winner and he terrifies them. Yeah. Because he can win back those people. I mean, the polls today uh, were showing that a lot of those Boris supporters in 2019 have gone to Labour. Mm. I mean, you know, for like a quarter of the number, including on Brexit, extraordinarily, because I don't trust Labour on Brexit. Still, isn't no. you know deliver it. It will it will find all sorts of ways to undermine it, get cosy with the EU again. It's not to be trusted. Yeah. Um. So you know, it, it only Boris can can win this for us and get us back on track. Yes. And what about Jacob Rees-Mogg? He's come out already in support of Boris Johnson uh, as the first cabinet minister to do so. Um, he's still a very substantial figure in, in any in any party. And, and with Boris at the helm, he could be a big player, couldn't he? I've got huge regard for Jacob. I've, I've worked with him. You know, I think he's an excellent business uh, minister. Um, and uh, he's got some good ideas and he wants to deliver. We've got to deliver on Brexit opportunities, you know, um, uh, you know, some of the regulation has been talked about, uh, MIFID and uh, getting rid of um, some of the sort of pensions uh, uh, stuff that comes from the EU could actually liberate billions or yeah. tens of billions for investment growth going. Um, you know, there's a long list of regulations and laws, you know, some of which I tried to stop going through the first place. Mm. And then, but we're completely outvoted. Um, now we can look at it and we can review it. And that that could save the, the economy billions. You know, it's it's an easy hit now. We can do it within our remit, within our power. And we should take it seriously and get on. With it. And I think Jacob is the one to do that as business secretary. Yeah. David, good to talk to you again. We'll see how it all turns out over the weekend. David Bannerman, former Conservative MEP, Chairman of the Freedom Association. Gene says this, Mike, I'm for Boris. Keir Starmer wanted rid of him. That's why he kept going on and on about the birthday party. And don't you think you should resign? It was like listening to a broken record. Well, absolutely right. 0344 499 1000. We're going to get some odds coming up in the next uh, few minutes as well. We're going to be talking uh, to our man Sam Rosbottom from Betfair. Uh, He's got a little uh, card for us with all the odds and it's changing and getting more favourable for Boris Johnson by the minute. This is Talk TV. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio.